Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Street Prophets Podcast, Episode 6. Here today with Pastor Matthew Meadows again. We're going to continue talking about, um, we're moving on to spiritual slavery, to uh, spiritual sonship, and we'll get into that more in a minute. But first, I'd like to thank our sponsors. Uh, Sponsors God the Father Apparel. That is God the Father Apparel. They have a fantastic Christian clothing line, so you can get out and show your faith to the world. Uh, If you use discount code STREETPROFIT15, You'll get 15% off your order. That's uh, Street Profit 15 at GodTheFatherApparel.com. All right, so uh, Pastor Matthew, thank you for being back with us. Um, we uh, sat here and had a long conversation, decided that we wanted to talk about s- the relationship between spiritual slavery and spiritual sonship. So can you explain a little bit more about that? Yeah, I can, Luke. What we're talking about here is our perspective on our faith. Every one of us walk into following God We have a perspective, and that perspective is constantly being shaped by experiences, emotions, other people, all kinds of things. The scripture is being being shaped by lots of things. Well, in that, that perspective, and if we take a perspective that is more negative than positive, one that is less biblical and not as biblical, well, what we end up doing is we end up spiritually, we kind of spin on our wheels. So we're going to talk about the difference between the heart of an orphan and the heart of a son or a daughter. When we look at God and we pursue him, or we have the perspective of the heart of an orphan. Like, for example, when we were talking, Luke, we were talking earlier, do your children have any problem coming to you and asking you for cereal, cereal aisle at Walmart, or something, a toy for Christmas or whatever? Yeah, and no, the answer when we spoke, I said no. They, If they want something, they ask. I don't always give it, but they feel free to ask. Right, and likewise, the Heavenly Father, he's not always going to give us what we want, and quite frankly, he doesn't always give us what we need when we want it. <laughs> so, you know, because he has wisdom. He's the, he's the perfect parent. However, what happens with us many times is we take on the heart of an orphan in the heart of an orphan, where they feel like they've got to earn everything. They feel like they've got to go work and get get it or get to it or take care of it themselves. Where the heart of a son or a daughter, just like your children, they come to you and ask. They're not afraid. Now, they have respect. They recognize when you say no, it's no. And those kind of things, because your children are perfect, right? Uh, yep, uh, absolutely. <laughs> well, yeah, none of our children are perfect. I'm just picking at Luke a little bit there. But that's true for all of us. I don't care. And if our children can be whatever age they are, it doesn't matter. They're, none of them are perfect. But when we look at some of these, so kind of give me a, a pick. You know, I've given you some, some stuff there. Luke, why don't you pick a pick a subject and let me talk about it on the, the what the heart of the orphan versus the heart of the son or a daughter looks like. Okay. Um, why don't we go with uh, security? Okay. When it comes to security... Like, how do you find security in this life? The heart of an orphan, they're insecure, and they always lack peace. They're always searching for peace and looking for it because they feel like they've got to do something to have peace. Whereas the son or the daughter, the heart of a son or a daughter, they have rest and they have peace, not with perfection, but with maturity. In other words, as they grow in their faith in Christ each and every day, as the sanctification piece piece happens in them, that rest and that peace is there, and, and it's something that it, it goes beyond words. It, it, it's the 26 letters of the alphabet, no matter how you arrange them, are going to be inadequate to describe. But that's a huge difference in the perspective 
of security, heart of the orphan, insecure, lacking peace, the heart of the son or the daughter, rest and peace. Yep, and uh, listening to what you were saying, I was kind of getting hung up at first about the idea of the heart of an orphan or the heart of a, of a son or a child. And I think um, the way it makes sense to me in my, in my mind is almost like when we say heart of an orphan, we're almost talking like a relationship between uh, a slave and a master, per se, mm-hmm. um, and compared to as the heart of sonship being uh, a father to a son, so an actual relationship. Right, and, and I would say, I would make sure to say a loving father. There are lots of folks that are listening to this, and there are lots of folks in our own world, each of our worlds, who they've experienced parents, fathers, that were absent, that were abusive, that were judgmental, that were cruel, that were rude, and that's not the Heavenly Father. But that experience or those experiences and knowing what other people have experienced shapes the perspective of how they see a Heavenly God. Uh, Over the years, a lot of people have written different books of all different kinds of articles, all different kinds of things about the way people see God. Some people see God as the Heavenly Santa Claus, and he's just up there in his rocking chair and he gives out stuff. Some people see him as the the cop, you know, that's there to give you a ticket. He's going to get you. And he's going to hit you with lightning. <laughs> if you do something wrong, this is, look, what did you do? This is, you know, whatever. Um, some people see him up there as the absent-minded professor. He kicked everything off, got it all going, and he's just kind of stumbling around, and the world is just unraveling on its own because, you know, he's just letting it go because he's not personally involved. There are all kinds of views or perspectives on God. But when we talk about the heart of the orphan or the heart of the son or the daughter, because quite frankly, we're all orphans because we come to Father through an adoptive process. We're adopted in through Christ Jesus. But once we're adopted, we're a son or a daughter, period. Nothing else. Never the orphan again. Okay. And I, um, I think uh, something I picked up from this is that it's not just looking at it from an outward perspective of how you see God. But when you realize that you you change your heart to a heart of sonship, right, to a relationship between a father and son um, or a father and daughter, uh, whatever the case may be, that you you change how you feel towards God because of that. It's not just from, from God down. It's from you towards God. When you see it relationally, instead of a, a slave to a master, to a father, to a son, it opens your heart up to recognize yes. the love and appreciation for that. Yes. And what you're describing there, see the... The relationship between a son and a father is it's relational. The relationship between a slave and a master is transactional. It's about getting something. You know, like you're if you you know you, um, I I believe that you're an employee of our government, sir. Are you not? Um, I am. You, that very is correct. good. Very good. Well, from that they expect certain things from you, and you expect certain things from them. Y'all have a contract with each other. Well, when it comes to a father and a son, particularly when we're talking about the Heavenly Father, we have a covenant with him. It's much more than a contract, much more than a contract. We can have a whole episode about that another day. We won't, I won't chase that rabbit, although <laughs> it is very tempting, uh, uh, but I won't chase it right now. Fair enough. Okay, so um, getting back on the to the heart of the differences between the heart of an orphan and the heart of a sonship, um, can you help uh, explain a little bit about that with uh, a view of authority? Yeah, the view of authority. When it comes to authority, where a the heart of an orphan is going to be, they're going to see authority as a source of pain, uh, distrustful toward them, uh, and a lack of heart and attitude of submission. 
In other words, they're going to, oh, you know, here comes, you know, here comes the man. You know, I work for the man. Here comes the man. Well, they're going to see God the same way. I mean, here comes God. Oh, he's a killjoy. Oh, he makes me submit to, oh, uh, you know. Well, the view of authority from a son or a daughter, respectful, honoring, they see themselves as ministers of God, as an ambassador for God, and it, he gives abundant life. Their father gives them abundant life, not everything they want, but all that they need according to his timing and not theirs. And because of that, there's a trust, there's a faith. Here again, I go back to there's a peace, there's a joy. Sounds like the fruit of the Spirit, doesn't it? It sure does. And see, and that happens in relationship. It doesn't happen with a transact. It doesn't happen with a contract. You know, there are a lot. I, mean, I don't know about you guys. I, you know, I've got a contract with a couple of credit cards. I've got a contract with, you know, for a car. I've got a, you know, I never feel like those people are my buddies or my friends. You know? Never. <laughs> never. No. I've never had the Fords or the Chevrolets of the world, you know, buzz me up and say, hey, you know what? For a year, just don't worry about payments. We'll, we'll wipe that off the book for you. Doesn't happen. Does not happen. No, no, not normally. Um, and that's um, that. That brings up a good point about the when sometimes we we ask God for what we want, and oftentimes uh, it's not always what we ask for is what we get, and uh, vice versa. Um, or sometimes it's exactly what we wanted, but the timing's different. How we look at that relationship, whether we look at it like a like the heart of an orphan, or we look at it like the the heart of a son to a father, depends on how we handle that because the the understanding that he's doing what's best for us because he loves us. It's a lot different than someone cracking the whip and, uh, mm, and telling you do what I say because I say it. Big difference right there. You're right. And that, mm -hmm. that perspective, that perspective, whoo, man, that changes everything. Yep. It almost brings me to um, the parable of, oh, I'm losing my train of thought. The um, Of the unmerciful servant? Yes, that that is the one. Is it really? Yes. And in the unmerciful <laughs> Thank servant, you. that's the one where in Matthew 18, what happens there is you have a servant who comes before his his king or the or his taskmaster, whatever, and he owes him five million dollars, basically. I mean, it was a ton of money. It would be a lifetime of money, and the and the that guy forgives him of that huge debt. He leaves there and goes out and sees the guy on the street that owes him twenty bucks, and beats him up and has him arrested. Because he wants his twenty bucks and the guy doesn't have it, so he sends him to, to back in biblical times he had debtors' prison. So he sends him to debtors' prison yep. to work it off in jail till he's paid in full. Yep. And he just received this um, this forgiveness from his master. Yep. So and then what happens when the master finds out that uh, he did this? Ooh, brings it back and says, you know what? If you can't for if you can't forgive others as you've been forgiven, then I will no no longer forgive you. And then throws him in the proverbial debtor's court jail, which he'll be there forever because he can't, he'll never make five mil. I mean, there's no way. And I don't know if it was actually five million guys, by the way, but if you go and look that up, biblically speaking, uh, but it was a ton. It was a life, a lifelong, that's Matthew 18, 21 through 35. It really, that's, man, whew, what a great story. Yep. Um, it just takes us back to um, perspective and perspective on God and how he treats us. And, you know, it, it comes back to the fact that if 
if he can forgive us for everything we've done in our lives, which we've all done different things, but some of us have done things that are terrible and some of us have done things that are smart. Still, it's all the same. Sin is a sin. Sin is a sin is a sin. And if, if he's willing to forgive us for that, how dare we on this earth not forgive others who have sinned against us? Oh, right, right. And, then, and one of the things we miss in that is we, we misunderstand that, that forgiveness, forgiveness is the way, it's the key to restoring a bonding or a relationship. Well, forgiveness is the glue that helps an adopted son or daughter become a son or daughter because they've got to be adopted in. But once they're adopted in, uh, it, it, legally speaking, they're there. In Roman days, when they were using this in the New Testament times, and the, and the Romans were in, in control, what they did with adoption was that you could disown one of your biological children, but once you adopted a child, you could never disown them. I mean, they were actually more your child than your own children, hmm. because that's the way the law was written. And that's exactly the backdrop that Paul was using to help us to better understand about being adopted. That um that that's an interesting tidbit there. I did not know that. Um, one one last thing here about our um, uh, orphan heart of an orphan to heart of sonship. Um, how would you say that this compares to um, conditions of the future? Well, when it comes to the to the future, so the condition of the heart of the orphan is more bondage. The condition of the heart of the son or the daughter is more found in liberty. See, liberty, which was what our founding fathers fought for. A lot of people will say freedom. It was actually liberty. Um, but And there's a difference in the two here. Again, we can parse words, but just trust me in that one. So that bondage is really different than liberty. Liberty is you may deserve to be in jail, but you've been given you've been given a second chance whether you deserved it or not. Bondage, no, man, you're being held, and you better live up to a certain standard or otherwise forget you. So what ends up happening with the heart of the orphan when they look at the future? They fight for what they can get. Man, they, they, they scrap and they pull themselves up by their own bootstraps, which sounds great. Except theologically, that's not what Father teaches us. Father teaches us as a son or daughter that he releases the inheritance to us. We don't have to fight for anything. All we've got to do is love him. All we have to do is follow him. All we have to do is obey him. And it's not, and it's unconditional. It's not, well, if you obey me a certain amount of time and a certain amount of years, you get this much inheritance. And if, no, if you come to know God, come to know Christ as your personal Lord and Savior on a Friday and you die Friday night, just to, you get the inheritance is just the same as if you followed God for the previous 40 years of your life. doesn't matter. The inheritance would be the same. So there's a huge difference in that perspective from the heart of an orphan versus the heart of a son or a daughter. One feels like they got to scrap and fight for everything they can get. That's the orphan. Where the son or the daughter, because of liberty, they know that whatever the inheritance is that God has for them, it will be theirs in full at the appropriate time, at the appropriate place. Now, you brought up an interesting fact about someone, even at the very end of their life, decides to receive Christ as their Lord and Savior. Yes, sir. Um, how they're just as saved as someone who has for their whole life. Um can you, can you get into a, a little bit more detail about that? Because I feel like there's a lot of people that are hurting, that they feel like that they, even though that they want to come back to God, they feel like it's too late, too much has happened, they can't be saved, and then there's people that have walked their whole life close to, close to God, or at least close through a religious standpoint, but have never actually given himself. Can you kind of go into a little bit more detail about that? Absolutely. 
in going into more detail about that, one of the keys or one of the things that, that a lot of folks do not understand or misunderstand is they don't know how to define forgiveness. And when I say defining forgiveness, I want you to understand what that term means. That term forgiveness, it's a, it's a decision. It, now, it, it's not an emotion. First, it's first a decision. Emotions will follow it, but it's first a decision. And that decision is to not seek vengeance against an offender, to release the offender from all debt, meaning you're not holding anything against them, and to cancel the blame the offender deserves. So in other words, you're literally giving them a complete pass. Now, that sounds great when we define it that way. That's what Father does for us through Christ Jesus. It is a complete forgiving of canceling of all of our sin debt, past, present, future. How do I know this? Father, Father God, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And when he says that something is forgiven, it is forgiven. Now, from there, one of the difficult things is, as humans, it's really difficult for us to forgive somebody else because we keep rethinking about it. It comes back up. We see the person again, and we may have to forgive them over and over again. That's why in the New Testament there, they were asking, well, how many times did you forgive somebody? And, and the, 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 uh, the Jews only required forgiving somebody three times. And so when he said seven, that, that was being really generous. He more than doubled it. And then Jesus said, no, 70 times seven. I'm, what? You know, that's crazy. Well, in that forgiveness piece, one of the most difficult parts for a lot of folks is not necessarily in receiving forgiveness from God, but it's in accepting that forgiveness for themselves and then also in extending that forgiveness to others because they feel like, much like the guy in the debtor's prison, they feel like, well, hey, I've been forgiven of some things, but man, what you did to me is really bad. Uh, no, sin is sin is sin. But when you have been forgiven, you are forgiven once and for all. And in that forgiveness, it's unconditional. I mean, it, it, whether no matter what, it is unconditional. If you come to to uh, to Almighty God in a per, through a personal relationship with Christ Jesus, He transformed you at that moment from the inside out. And then from there, your relationship with God as an adopted son or daughter, you are reconciled to Him. And when that reconciled, it, it is a bank term. And if you know anything about debt, like we were talking about credit cards and automobiles and so forth. Luke, do they ever get rid of your debt for you, buddy? Not, not, no, not at all. Does your bank ever just, just, you know what? We decided to give you an extra hundred thousand this month. Hasn't happened yet. What? (laughs) Man, isn't that crazy? But see what father does, Heavenly Father does, is he cancels the debt and he reconciles the books to show that we are not only forgiven, but when father looks at us, he looks at each one of us through the blood of Jesus Christ and he sees us not because of what we've done, but because of what Christ's done. He sees us in perfection. And guys, when you read that in the scriptures and you take the perspective of a son or a daughter instead of the perspective of an orphan or the heart of an orphan, wow, it is so encouraging and so liberating. Yep. And that um, that really is a good way to kind of to tie this up. Um, you know, there, there are people out, out here, you know, we... We know they're out there. They're hurting. They're they're suffering. They're trying to figure out how to get back to God. And part of their distance between 
them and God is how they perceive God. And if they perceive him like he's a master and they're a slave and he's going to punish them and only give them what he wants and not, and and all this terrible view to look at a relationship that should be seen as a a all loving father who wants to do what's best for you, no matter what it may, it may change you in your, in your uh, steps towards faith. So we're, we're very happy to talk about that today. Um, I think we need to go ahead and wrap it up here. We're about out of time. I agree with you, Luke. Um, but uh, I would really appreciate it for any of you all that are are needing help. If you're if you're looking for for anything to talk about the the gospels, to have questions, or you need us to pray for you, anything, please feel free to reach out. Our Facebook page is gaining momentum. You know, we're in the we're going to be hitting here in the thousands here before you know it. Uh, and we got our Street Profits podcast at gmail.com. Please feel free to reach out to us at any time. We would love to talk to you, pray over you, and uh, make things happen. That being said, uh, Pastor Matthew, will you end us in prayer, please? Yes, sir. Father, we come to you this day giving you honor and glory, and we're so thankful for the opportunity we have to stand for you and to witness for you. Father, I pray that the ears... Of the, and the, of, the, of the folks that have heard this and have listened to this truth based on your word, Father, I pray that it drives them to your scripture. Father, I pray that they go and they pray and ask you to lead and guide them so that your Holy Spirit is their teacher. But Father, in that I pray that they would understand, grasp, and live out that heart of a son or a daughter and not live in the heart of an orphan. Father, the, the evil one loves to bring accusations against us He loves to come and tell us how horrible we are. But, Father, you come and you tell us that we've been forgiven. You tell us that we're we're a son or that we're a daughter. You tell us of a relationship and of love. Father, thank you for that. Thank you for the fact that you transform us from the inside out as soon as we submit ourselves to you and say yes to the person of Christ Jesus. What an awesome, awesome thing that is. What a wonderful miracle, literally a miracle, and also literally the reason not just for this season of Christmas, but the reason for every season, and that being your son, Christ Jesus. It's in his powerful and holy name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. Thank you very much, and welcome to listening to the Street Prophets podcast, and you guys have a Merry Christmas, and we will see you again soon.